Exile, Chapter 14, Clacker The scimitars slowly eased away from the hook horror's neck. Not as I appear, the monster tried to explain in its halting speech. With each uttered word, the hook horror seemed to become more comfortable with the language. I am Peck. Peck? Belwar gawked, moving up to Driz's side. The Srifneblin looked down at the trapped monster with understandable confusion. A bit big for a peck, he remarked. Driz looked from the monster to Belwar, seeking some explanation. The drow had never heard the word before. Rock children, Belwar explained to him. Strange little creatures, hard as the stone and living for no other reason than to work it. Sounds like a Srifneblin. Drist replied. Belwar paused a moment to figure out if he'd been complimented or insulted. Unable to discern, the Burrow Warden continued somewhat cautiously. There are not many pecks about, and fewer still that look like this one. He cast a doubting eye at the hook horror, then gave Drizzt a look that told the drow to keep his scimitars at the ready. Peck? No more... The hook horror stammered, clear remorse evident in its throaty voice. Peck no more. What is your name? Drizzt asked it, hoping to find some clues to the truth. The hook horror thought for a long moment, then shook its great head helplessly. Peck no more, the monster said again, and it purposely tilted its beaked face forward, widening the crack in its exoskeleton armor and inviting Driz to finish the strike. "'You cannot remember your name,' Driz asked, not so anxious to kill the creature. The hook horror neither moved nor replied. Driz looked to Belward for advice, but the burrow warden only shrugged helplessly. "'What happened?' Driz pressed the monster. "'You must tell me what happened to you.' <laughs> The hook horror struggled to reply. Wizard! Evil wizard! Somewhat schooled in the ways of magic and in the unscrupulous uses its practitioners often put it to, Drizzt began to understand the possibilities and began to believe this strange creature. A wizard changed you? He asked, already guessing the answer. He and Belwar exchanged amazed expressions. I have heard of such spells. "'As have I,' agreed the Burrow Warden. "'Maga Kamara, Dark Elf, I have seen the wizards of Blingdenstone use similar magic when we needed to infiltrate—' The Deep Gnome paused suddenly, remembering the heritage of the elf that he was addressing. Menzibaranzan, Drizzt finished with a chuckle. Belwar cleared his throat, a bit embarrassed, and turned back to the monster. "'A peck you once were—' he said, needing to hear the whole explanation spelled out in one clear thought. And some wizard changed you into a hook horror. True, the monster replied. Peck, no more. Where are your companions? the Shrefnoblin asked. If what I have heard of your people is true, Peck do not often travel alone. D-d-dead, said the monster. 
evil human wizard? Drizzt prompted. The great beak bobbed in an excited nod. Yes, m man. And the wizard left you to your pains as a hook horror, Belwar said. He and Drizzt looked long and hard at each other, and then the drow stepped away, allowing the hook horror to rise. I w wish you w would kill me, the monster then said, twisting up into a sitting position. It looked at its clawed hands with obvious disgust. The stone, the stone, lost to me. Belwar raised his own crafted hands in response. So I had once believed, he said. You are alive, and no longer are you alone. Come with us to the lake, where we can talk some more. Presently, the hookhar agreed and began with much effort to raise its quarter-ton bulk from the floor. Amid the scraping and shuffling of the creature's hard exoskeleton, Belwar prudently whispered to Drizzt, "'Keep your blades at the ready.' The hookhar finally stood, towering to its imposing ten-foot height, and the drow did not argue with Belwar's logic. For many hours, the hookhar recounted its adventures to the two friends." As amazing as the story was the monster's growing acclamation to the use of language. This fact, and the monster's descriptions of its previous existence, of the life tapping and shaping the stone in an almost holy reverence, further convinced Belwar and Drizzt of the truth of its bizarre tale. It feels g good to speak again, though the language is not my own the creature said after a while. It feels as if I have found again a, a part of, of what I once was. With his own similar experiences so clear in his mind, Drizzt understood the sentiments completely. How long have you been this way? Belwar asked. The hookhar shrugged, its huge chest and shoulders rattling through the movement. Ten days? M months? it said. I cannot remember. The time is l l lost to me. Driz put his face in his hands and exhaled a deep sigh, in full empathy and sympathy with the unfortunate creature. Driz, too, had felt so lost and alone out in the wilds. He, too, knew the grim truth of such a fate. Belwar patted the drow softly with his hammer hand. "'And where now are you going?' the burrow warden asked the hook horror. "'Or where were you coming from?' "'Chasing the woo-woo-woo,' the hook horror replied, fumbling helplessly over the last word as though the mere mention of the evil wizard pained the creature greatly. "'But so much is lost to me, I would find him with little effort if I was still p p peck. The stones would tell me where to look, but I cannot talk to them very often anymore. The monster rose from its seat on the stone. 
I will go, it said determinedly. You are not, not safe with me around. You will stay, Drizzt said suddenly and with a tone of finality that could not be denied. I cannot control, the Hukara tried to explain. You need not worry, said Belwar. He pointed to the doorway up on the ledge of the side of the cavern. Our home is up there, with a door too small for you to go through. Down here by the lake, you must rest until we all decide our best course of action. The Hokar was exhausted, and the Shrefneblin's reasoning seemed sound enough. The monster dropped heavily back to the stone and curled up as much as its bulky body would allow. Drizzt and Belwar took their leave, glancing back at the strange new companion with every step. Clacker, Belwar said suddenly, stopping Drizzt beside him. With great effort, the hook horror rolled over to consider the deep numb, understanding that Belwar had uttered the word in its direction. That is what we shall call you, if you have no objections, the surf Neblin explained to the creature and to Drizzt. Clacker. A fitting name, Drizzt remarked. It is a g- good name, agreed the hook horror, but silently the creature wished that it could remember its peck name the name that rolled on and on like a rounding boulder in a sloping passage and spoke prayers to the stone with each growing syllable. "'We will widen the door,' Drizzt said when he and Belwar got inside their cave complex, so that Clacker may enter and rest beside us in safety. "'No dark elf,' argued the Burrow Warden. "'That we shall not do.' "'He is not safe out there beside the water,' Drizzt replied. "'Monsters will find him.' "'Safe enough he is,' snorted Belwar. "'What monster would willingly attack a hook horror?' Belwar understood Driz's sincere concern, but he understood, too, the danger in Driz's suggestion. "'I have witnessed such spells,' the Shrefnoblin said somberly. "'They are called polymorph. "'Immediately comes the change of the body, "'but the change of the mind can take time.' "'What are you saying?' Driz's voice edged on panic. "'Clacker is still a peck,' replied Belwar, "'trapped though he is in the body of a hook horror. "'But soon, I fear, Clacker will be a peck no more. "'A hook horror he will become, mind and body, "'and however friendly we might be, "'Clacker will come to think of us as no more than another meal.' Drizzt started to argue, but Belwar silenced him with one sobering thought. Would you enjoy having to kill him, Dark Elf? Drizzt turned away. His tale is familiar to me. Not as much as you believe, replied Belwar. I, too, was lost, Drizzt reminded the Burrow Warden. So you believe, Belwar answered. But that which was essentially Drizduarden remained within you, my friend. You were as you had to be, as the situation around you forced you to be. This is different. Not just in body, but in very essence will Clacker become a hook horror. His thoughts will be the thoughts of a hook horror and Magra Kamara. He will not return your grant for mercy 
when you are the one on the ground. Driz could not be satisfied, though he could not refute the deep gnome's blunt logic. He moved into the complex's left-hand chamber, the one he had claimed as his bedroom, and fell into his hammock. Alas for you, Driz Duarden, Belwar mumbled under his breath as he watched the drow's heavy movements laden with sorrow. And alas for our doomed peck friend. The burrow warden went into his own chamber and crawled into his hammock, feeling terrible about the whole situation, but determined to remain coldly logical and practical, whatever the pain it may cause. For Belwar understood that Drizzt felt a kinship for the unfortunate creature, a potentially fatal bond founded in empathy for Clacker's loss of self. Later that night, an excited Drizzt shook the Shrift Neblin from the slumber. We must help him, Driz whispered harshly. Belwar wiped an arm across his face and tried to orient himself. His sleep had been uneasy, filled with dreams in which he had cried, Biv Rip, in an impossibly loud voice, then had proceeded to bash the life out of his newest companion. We must help him, Driz said again, even more forcefully. Belwar could tell by the drow's haggard appearance that Drizzt had found no sleep this night. "'I am no wizard,' the borough warden said. "'Neither are—' "'Then we will find one,' Drizzt growled. "'We will find the human who cursed Clacker and force him to reverse the Dwomer. "'We saw him by the stream only a few days ago. "'He cannot be so far away. "'A mage capable of such magic will prove no easy foe.' Belwar was quick to reply. "'Have you quickly forgotten the fireball?' Belwar glanced to the wall, to where his scorched leather jack hung on a peg, as if to convince himself. "'This wizard is beyond us, I fear,' Belwar mumbled, but Drizzt could see the lack of conviction in the Burrow Warden's expression as he spoke the words. "'Are you so quick to condemn Clacker?' Drizzt asked bluntly. A wide smile began to spread over Driz's face as he saw the Neblin weakening. Is this the same Belwar Dizengulp who took in a lost drow? The most honored Burrow Warden who would not give up hope for a dark elf that everyone else considered dangerous and beyond help? Oh, go to sleep, dark elf, Belwar retorted, pushing Driz away with his hammer hands. Wise advice, my friend, said Driz. And you sleep well. We may have a long road ahead of us. Maga Kamara, huffed the taciturn Swift Neblin, stubbornly holding to his facade of gruff practicality. He rolled away from Drizzt and soon was snoring. Drizzt noted that Belwar's snores now sounded from the depths of a deep and contented sleep. Clacker beat against the wall with his clawed hands, tapping the stone relentlessly. "'Not again!' a flustered Belwar whispered to Drizzt. "'Not out here!' Drizzt sped along the winding corridor, homing in on the monotonous sound. "'Clacker!' he called softly when the hookhar was in sight. The hookhar turned to face the approaching drow, clawed hands wide and ready and a growing hiss slapping through his great beak. A moment later, Clacker realized what he was doing and abruptly stopped. "'Why must you continue the banging?' Drizzt asked him, trying to pretend, even to himself, that he had not seen Clacker's battle stance. 
We are out in the wilds, my friend. Such sounds invite visitors. The giant monster's head dropped. You should not have come out with me, Clacker said. I cannot. Too many things will happen that I cannot control. Driz reached up and put a comforting hand on Clacker's bony elbow. It was my fault, the Drizzt said, understanding the hook horror's meaning. Clacker had apologized for turning dangerously on Drizzt. We should not have gone off in different directions, Drizzt continued, and I should not have approached you so quickly without warning. We will all stay together now, though our search may prove longer, and Belwar and I will help you maintain control. Clacker's beaked face brightened. It does... "'Feels so very g good to t tap the stone,' he proclaimed. Clacker banged a claw on the rock as if to jolt his memory. His voice and his gaze trailed away as he thought of his past life, the one that the wizard had stolen from him. All the Peck's days had been spent tapping the stone, shaping the stone, talking to the precious stone. "'You will be Peck again,' Drizzt promised. "'Belwar,' Approaching from the tunnel, heard the drow's words and was not so certain. They'd been out in the tunnels for more than a ten-day, and had found no sign of the wizard. The burr warden took some comfort in the fact that Clacker seemed to be winning back part of himself from his monstrous state, seemed to be regaining a measure of his peck personality. Belwar had watched the same transformation in Driz just a few ten-days before, and beneath the survivalistic barriers of the hunter that Driz had become, Belwar had discovered his closest friend. But the Burr Warden took care not to assume the same results with Clacker. The Hook Horror's condition was a result of a powerful magic, and no amount of friendship could reverse the workings of the wizard's dwomer. In finding Drizzt and Belwar, Clacker had been granted a temporary and only temporary reprieve from a miserable and undeniable fate. They moved on through the tunnels of the Underdark for several more days without any luck. Clacker's personality still did not deteriorate, but even Drizzt, who'd left the cave complex beside the lake so full of hope, began to feel the weight of increasing reality. Then, just as Drizzt and Bauer had begun discussing returning to their home, the group came into a fair-sized cavern littered with rubble and recent collapses of the ceiling. "'He has been here!' Clacker cried and he off-handedly lifted a huge boulder and tossed it against a distant wall, where it shattered into some rubble. "'He has been here!' The hook horror rushed about, smashing stone and throwing boulders with growing and explosive rage. "'How can you know?' Belwar demanded, trying to stop his giant friend's tirade. Clacker pointed up to the ceiling. "'He did this! The w w wizard! He, he did this!' Drizzt and Belwar exchanged concerned glances. The chamber ceiling, which had been about fifteen feet up, was gouged and blasted, and at its center loomed a massive hole that extended up twice the ceiling's former height. If magic had caused the devastation, it was a powerful magic indeed. "'The wizard did this?' Belwar echoed. He cast that stubbornly practical look that he had perfected toward Drizzt one more time. "'His "'Tower!' Clacker replied, and rushed off about the chamber to see if he could discern which exit the wizard had taken. 
Now, Drizzt and Bellwell were completely at a loss, and Clacker, when he finally took the time to look at them, realized their confusion. The wizard, Bellwell put in impatiently. Clacker took no offense, even appreciated the assistance. The wizard has a tower, the excited hookhorror tried to explain. A great iron tower that he takes with him, setting it up wherever it is convenient. Clacker looked up at the ruined ceiling. Even if it does not fit. He has a tower? Belwar asked, his long nose crinkling right up over itself. Clacker nodded excitedly, but then didn't take the time to explain further. He had found the wizard's trail, a clear bootprint in the bed of moss leading down another of the corridors. Drizzt and Belwar had to be satisfied with their friend's incomplete explanation, for the chase was on. Drizzt took up the lead, using all the skills he'd learned in the Drow Academy and had heightened during the decade alone in the Underdark. Belwar, with his inane racial understanding of the Underdark and his magically lighted brooch, kept track of their direction, and Clacker, in those instances when he fell more completely back into his former self, asked the stones for guidance. The three of them passed another blasted chamber, and another chamber that showed clear signs of the tower's presence, though its ceiling was high enough to accommodate the structure. A few days later, the three companions turned into a wide and high cavern, and far back from them, beside the rushing stream, loomed the wizard's home. Again, Drizzt and Belwar looked at each other helplessly, for the tower stood fully thirty feet high and twenty feet across, its smooth metallic walls mocking their plans. They took separate and cautious routes to the structure, and were even more amazed when the tower's walls were pure adamantite, the hardest metal in all the world. They found only a single door, small and barely showing its outline in the perfection of the tower's craftsmanship. They didn't have to test it to know it was secure against unwelcome visitors. "'The wizard, he, he is in there!' Clacker snarled, running his claws over the door in desperation. "'Then he will have to come out,' Jizz reasoned, "'and when he does, we will be waiting for him.' The plan did not satisfy the peck. With a rumbling roar that echoed throughout the chamber, Clacker threw his huge body against the tower door, then jumped back and slammed it again. The door didn't even shudder under the pounding, and it quickly became obvious to the deep gnome and the drow that Clacker's body would certainly lose the battle. Drizzt tried vainly to calm his giant friend, while Belwar moved off to the side and began a familiar chant. Finally, Clacker tumbled down in a heap, sobbing in exhaustion and pain and helpless rage. Then Belwar, his mithril hands sparking whenever they touched, waded in. "'Move aside!' the borough warden demanded. "'I have come too far to be stopped by a single door!' Belwar moved directly in front of the small door and slammed his enchanted hammer hand into it with all of his strength. A blinding flash of blue sparks burst out in every direction. The deep gnome's muscled arms worked furiously, scraping and bashing, but when Belwar had exhausted his energy, the tower door showed only the slightest of scratches and superficial burns. Belwar banged his hands together in disgust, showering himself in harmless sparks, and Clacker agreed wholeheartedly with his frustrated sentiments. Drizzt, though, was more angry and concerned than his friends. Not only had the wizard's tower stopped them, but the wizard inside undoubtedly knew of their presence. 
Driz moved about the structure cautiously, noting the many arrow slits. Creeping below one, he heard a soft chant, and though he couldn't understand the wizard's words, he could guess easily enough the human's intent. "'Run!' he yelled to his companions. And then, in sheer desperation, he grabbed a nearby stone and hauled it up into the opening of the arrow slit. Luck was with the drow, for the wizard completed his spell just as the rock slammed against the opening. A lightning bolt roared out and shattered the stone, and sent Drizzt flying, but it reflected back into the tower. "'Damnation! Damnation!' came the squeal from inside the tower. "'I hate when that happens!' Belwar and Clacker rushed over to help their fallen friend. The drow was only stunned, and he was up and ready before they ever got there. "'You is going to pay dearly for that one. Yes, you is!' came a cry from within. "'Run!' cried the burrow warden, and even the outraged hook horror was in full agreement. But as soon as Belwar looked into the drow's lavender eyes, he knew that Drizzt would not flee. Clacker, too, backed away a step from the fires gathering within Driz Duarden. Mega Kamura, Dark Elf! We cannot get in! The Shurf Nubden prudently reminded Drizzt. Drizzt pulled out the ox figurine and held it against the arrow slit, blocking it with his body. We shall see, he growled, and then he called to Gwenhyver. The black mist swirled about and found only one empty path clear for the figurine. I will kill you all, cried the unseen wizard. The next sound from within the tower was the low panther's growl, and then the wizard's voice rang out again. I could be wrong. Open the door, Drizzt screamed. On your life, foul wizard. Never, Gwenhyver roared again. Then the wizard screamed, and the door swung wide. Drizzt led the way. They entered a circular room, the tower's bottom level. An iron ladder ran up its center to a trap door, the wizard's attempted escape route. The wizard hadn't quite made it, however, and he hung upside down off the back side of the ladder, one leg hooked at the knee through a rung. Gwenhyver, appearing fully healed from the ordeal in the acid lake, and looking again like the most magnificent of panthers, perched on the other side of the ladder, casually mouthing the wizard's calf and foot. "'Do come in!' the wizard cried, throwing his arms out wide, then drawing them back to pull his drooping robe up from his face. Wisps of smoke rose from the remaining tatters of the lightning-blackened robe. "'I am Bristol Fendelstick. Welcome to my humble home!' Belwar kept Clacker at the door, holding his dangerous friend back with his hammer hand, while Driz moved up to take charge of the prisoner.' The drow paused long enough to regard his dear feline companion, for he hadn't summoned Gwenhyver since that day when he had sent the panther away to heal. "'You speak drow,' Drizzt remarked, grabbing the wizard by the collar and agilely spinning him down to his feet. Drizzt eyed the man suspiciously. He'd never seen a human before the encounter in the corridor by the stream. To this point, the drow wasn't overly impressed. "'Many tongues is known to me,' "'replied the wizard, brushing himself off. "'And then, as if his proclamation was meant to carry some sort of great importance, "'he added, "'I am Brister Fendelstick.' "'Do you name Peck among your languages?' "'Belwar growled from the door. "'Peck?' the wizard replied, spitting the word with apparent distaste. "'Peck,' Drizzt snarled, 
emphasizing his response by snapping the edge of a scimitar to within an inch of the wizard's neck. Clacker took a step forward, easily sliding the blocking surf Neblin across the smooth floor. My large friend was once a peck, Drizzt explained. You should know that. Peck? the wizard spat. Useless little things. Always they's is in the way. Clacker took another long stride forward. Be on with it, Drow, Belwar begged, futilely leaning against the huge hook horror. Give him back his identity, Driz demanded. Make our friend a peck again and be quick about it. Bah, snorted the wizard. He is better off as he is, the unpredictable human replied. Why would anyone wish to be a peck? Clacker's breath came as a loud gasp. The sheer strength of his third stride sent Belwar skidding off to the side. Now, wizard, Driz warned. From the latter, Gwenhyver issued a long and hungry growl. Oh, very well, very well, the wizard spouted, throwing up his hands in disgust. Wretched peck! He pulled an immense book from the pocket much too small to hold it. Drizzt and Belwar smiled to each other, thinking victory at hand. But then the wizard made a fatal mistake. I should have killed him as I killed the others. He mumbled under his breath, too low for even Drizzt standing right beside him to make out the words. But hook horrors have the keenest hearing of any creature in the Underdark. A swipe of Clacker's enormous claw sent Belwar spiraling across the room. Drizzt, spitting about at the sound of the heavy steps, was thrown aside by the momentum of the rushing giant and the drow scimitars flying from his hands. And the wizard, the foolish wizard, padded Clacker's impact with the iron ladder, a jolt so vicious that it bowed the ladder and sent Gwenhyver flying off to the side. Whether the initial crushing blow of the hook horror's 500-pound body had killed the wizard was academic by the time either Drizzt or Belwar had recovered enough to call out to their friend. Clacker's hooks and beaks slashed and snapped relentlessly, tearing and crushing. Every now and then came a sudden flash and a puff of smoke as another of the many magical items that the wizard carried snapped apart. And when the hook horror had played out his rage and looked around at his three companions, surrounding him in the battle-ready stances, the lump of gore at Clacker's feet was no longer recognizable. Belwar started to remark that the wizard had agreed to change Clacker back, but he didn't see the point. Clacker fell to his knees and dropped his face into his claws, hardly believing what he had just done. "'Let us be gone from this place,' Drizzt said, sheathing his blades. "'Search it,' Belwar suggested, thinking that marvelous treasures might be hidden within. But Drizzt could not remain for another moment. He'd seen too much of himself in that unbridled rage of his giant companion." and the smell of the bloodied heap filled him with frustrations and fears that he could not tolerate. With Gwenhyver in tow, he walked from the tower. Belwar moved over and helped Clacker to his feet, then guided the trembling giant from the structure. Stubbornly practical, though, the Burrow Warden made his companions wait around while he scoured the tower, searching for items that might aid them or for the command word that would allow him to carry the tower along. But either the wizard was a poor man, which Belwar doubted, or he had his treasures safely hidden away, possibly in some other plane of existence, for the Surfbubbin found nothing beyond a simple water skin and a pair of worn boots. If the marvelous Adamantine Tower had a command word, it had gone to the grave with the wizard. Their journey home was a quiet one, 
lost in private concerns, regrets, and memories. Drizzt and Belwar did not have to speak their most pressing fear. In their discussions with Clacker, they both had learned enough of the normally peaceable race of Peck to know that Clacker's murderous outburst was far removed from the creature he'd once been. But the Deep Gnome and the Drow had to admit to themselves Clacker's actions were not so far removed from the creature he was fast becoming.